Hello, hello. My name is Trina and welcome to my very first podcast episode. I am excited. I am delighted. I am a little bit scared, but I'm thrilled and feeling all of the things to be sharing this with you. This is something that I have been wanting to do for a while now, and I have finally found the courage, I guess you could say, to do it. So thank you for tuning in and thank you to the very talented Danielle Polari for allowing me to use her inspiring and soulful music. Katie Larrabee for your beautiful artwork for the show. And thank you, my Tony Robbins family, for giving me the leverage I needed to make this dream a reality. Growing up, I always felt out of place. I, I didn't learn things the same way that other kids did, which made me think that I was stupid and I never quite belonged. As I got older, I had to deal with a lot of the different challenges in my life that were incredibly difficult for me to overcome. There was depression, anxiety, PTSD, drug use, alcohol abuse. These were things that I thought were wired in me, or they were the strategies I created to help me escape the things that I thought were wired in me. You see, in school, they teach us what to think, but they don't really teach us how to think. We were taught math and geography and history, but what about values? What about emotions? And what about self-worth? I wanted to create this podcast to help normalize some of the emotions we experience day to day, help normalize the human experience, help those that might feel different a little less alone, and share a new perspective on life that helped drag me out of the dark in hopes that it might shine a light on some of yours. There's no greater freedom than owning your own thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, and that is what I hope for all of you, your own personal freedom. So to the underdogs and anyone who ever felt alone in this world, I dedicate this podcast to you. This is the shit they should have taught us in school. I've really been thinking about what would be a great first episode to share with you. And the one story that came to mind was when I discovered the squat method. Now, the squat method is something I created to help me overcome my anxiety and emotional triggers. And it was the start to a very exciting new journey. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing with you the basic principles of classic conditioning and how you can use these principles to overcome emotional triggers. And of course, I will be teaching you the squat method. Before I dive into my story, I do need to go over one thing that you probably did learn in school, and that is conditioning. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to go into this big, boring lesson. I just need to do a quick refresher so I know that we're all on the same page. The idea of conditioning was created by a man named Ian Pavlov. He was a Russian physiologist studying the digestive system in dogs. During his studies, he began to notice that the dogs would start to salivate when the food was being brought out to them, no different than when your favorite meal is placed in front of you at the dinner table. But what was even more interesting in Pavlov's experiment was that he would ring a bell to signal to his assistant to bring the food out for the dogs. And after a while, the dogs started associating that bell to the food. Pavlov noticed that the dogs would actually start salivating at the sound of the bell before the food was even brought out to them in plain sight. They no longer needed to see the food to produce a reaction. They just had to hear the bell. 
It's much like how you would react if you were in the car and all of a sudden you see the golden arches in the distance. You might start to get excited, even start to salivate a little, and demand to pull over so you can fill up on salty goodness. Or you may have a completely negative reaction depending on your association to it, right? But either way, there is a reaction. And the idea that you could train the mind to associate one thing to something totally unrelated became popularized as classical conditioning. But what does this mean? How is this important? And how can we use this information in our day-to-day -day life? Marketers and sales experts know about the power of conditioning. They use it to influence our decisions to buy the very thing that they are selling. Do you notice how I said golden arches? And I would bet 99% of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't even need to see them anymore. Just the verbal word golden arches produces an image, which then produces a meaning, which, by the way, is great marketing. Conditioning is used when we want to teach a child what's right and what's wrong or when we want to teach a dog a new trick. We can be aware when we are conditioning a new habit, but there are times when we might not be aware, which takes me to my story. Years ago, I was working for a company and everything was going great until it wasn't. After a while, we had started to develop a toxic relationship. I thought my boss hated me. I'm, I'm sure they didn't think I was too fond of them either. And going to work was painful. Now, I need to preface this. This story is not meant to paint them as the villain, as me as the victim. I take full responsibility for the part that I played in this story, and it takes two people to create a relationship. However, at the time, I did feel like I was a victim. So you might hear me use words and language that insinuates that, but by no means is that the purpose of this episode. Now, while I was working at this company, I always felt like I was being attacked. I felt this with some of the employees, and I especially felt it with my boss. The way we communicated always left me feeling like I wasn't good enough, I wasn't smart enough, and I was always just letting them down. Now, I'm not sure if you've ever felt this way with any of your employers, but I can guarantee you that it is not a good feeling. During this time, I was working both in the office, on the road, and from home, and I was thankful for their diversity because I hated going into the office. Random question, but how many of you have more than one email address? I actually looked it up, and the average person has 1.86 emails. I'm not really sure how that works, but at the time, I had three. I had my personal email, I had my event company email, and I had my work email. So one day when I was getting annoyed with all the junk mail coming into my inbox and my phone blowing up like crazy, I decided I was going to program each email to have its own specific sound for each account. You see, this way, I knew which emails I needed to respond to right away and which ones I didn't just by the sound. Do you see where I'm going with this? So my personal email account was a bike bell because I enjoyed biking. My event company that I owned had a wind chime bell. And then my work email with this company had another light and airy type of bell, hitting on this whole bell chime theme. So here I am thinking, I'm so clever with my email bells. And then one day while I'm sitting at home, my phone goes off with my work email bell and my body reacts. And by react, I mean full-on panic attack. My body tensed up and I was literally grasping for air. And so why would this happen? 
I mean, why would this happen at the sound of a bell? It didn't happen with the bike bell and it didn't happen with the wind chime bell. It only happened with the one bell that was associated with this company. And it happened again and again and again. I sat there paralyzed by my email bell going off and recognized what was happening to me. I was Pavlov's dog. Instead of associating that bell to an email coming into my inbox, I had associated that bell to failure, to not being good enough, to not being smart enough, to just not being enough for this company. The emails I would receive from them were never emails that came with praise or a job well done. They were usually filled with blame or judgment. And so every time I heard this bell, I didn't take it for what it was, which was just an email. I took it for the feelings that came with those emails, which was failure. Now, I want to quickly stop here and ask, are there instances in your life where things are happening and all of a sudden your mood changes? Whether it's the sound of something, the smell of something, and it, it doesn't have to be bad. It can be good too, right? But these are examples of conditioning. Because what's happening is you're associating that specific sight or sound or smell to a meaning that you've given it. And that meaning produces a feeling. Anything with meaning can produce an emotion. And we are responsible for the meanings that we attach to things. In this specific instance, it was panic. It was, I'm not good enough. It was, I'm not worthy enough. It was, I'm not smart enough. I'm going to get fired. And so every time I heard that bell, my body would go into this major reaction where I would just panic and shut down. So what did I do? I did what any sane person would do. I stayed and I fought it. I know some of you are listening thinking that I'm crazy and you are probably right, but no, I did not quit. I was stubborn and determined. And to be honest, I still am. I was having a reaction to the bell just like the dogs in Ian Pavlov's experiment, the one thing that I did learn in school. And that's when I realized that if Ian Pavlov can come around and start ringing his bell when the food comes out and then the dogs respond to it, and I unknowingly created this response in myself with this email bell, then could I not create a new conditioned response? Couldn't I just change the meaning? Somewhere in between the panic and the anger I was feeling, I became determined to figure out how to beat this, or in my mind, how to beat them. How could I change this bell to mean something different? And then it hit me. I thought, instead of this bell telling me that I'm worthless, I'm going to turn it into something empowering. I'm going to turn this bell into my fuel. And I started thinking about all the things that this bell could mean and how I could quickly change it. And the first thing that came to my mind the first thing that I thought of was, I want a nice ass. And I'm not kidding. This is genuinely how the story goes. This is the exact thought process that went on in my head at the time. And I thought, every time that bell goes off, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do 20 squats. You see, it's important to note that if you want to change any type of behavior, you need to have something to replace it with. And so every time the specific email bell went off, I would get up and I would do 20 squats. And this is where the squat method was born. Now, let me ask you something. Do you know how many times a day you get an email into your company's inbox? Right? Like, I wasn't doing 20 squats a day. I was doing 20 squats every 20 minutes, at least. 
After about the third or fourth round, I couldn't help but shift my focus from debilitating email panic to how absolutely ridiculous I looked. By the end of the first day, I didn't get any more panic attacks. And by the end of the first day, I was laughing at myself and the whole damn thing. I was able to change my state completely and the bell no longer had control over me. In all honesty, those emails were just emails. But my mind created them to be something more until I decided otherwise. And so the reason I'm telling you this and the reason that this is so powerful is because we all suffer from emotions, thoughts, or behaviors that we might not be proud of or understand. But they are simply patterns, patterns that were programmed without you knowing. And the best part of those patterns is that they do not define you. Even if you don't like them, they can be changed. But the first thing you need to do is become aware. I want to invite you into this world where you do not have to be controlled by your emotions and where everything you think and feel is a choice. You get to decide how you show up in this world and ultimately who you are. And that is the greatest freedom we can ask for. This work has changed my life and I'm going to try and share it with you as sensically as possible. If you have any questions, please, please reach out. And until next time, this is Trina Pardell saying, love fiercely, laugh often, and live without limits. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can subscribe here or you can go to www.theumbrellastudio.com forward slash podcast. Also, if you enjoyed the music that you hear in the background here, it's from my very talented friend, Danielle Polari. You can find her on Instagram, on Spotify. She's going to be releasing her first album, I believe, at the end of this year. So excited for that. And the artwork for the show is by the very gifted Katie Larrabee. All of the information also will be in the show notes. So if you want to get in touch with either of these ladies and learn more, you'll be able to do that there. Again, thank you. And I'll be seeing you soon.